coming up in this episode of Finding Common Ground. I said, shoot him, shoot him. And you go, no, you shoot him. And I go, no, you shoot him. He goes, no, you shoot him. And you're right, Bill. I probably missed that thing so bad, and I still don't know how I did it. We kill him to eat for the meat. And uh, if you don't need the meat, then you shouldn't kill him. They say, oh, how do you go in the woods with a bunch of white guys and, you know, guns, and you're the only black guy, probably the whole county in those mountains. Man, something could happen to you, and they never found you. There are two sides to every coin. How do we deal with racial issues when they affect relationships? Finding common ground on all those issues that we come against. There's black and there's white. And I think as Christians, we have to learn how to get together because we're not in heaven. I've met more interesting people just by God just bringing them in. Republicans and Democrats. But a lot of times when it comes to race and it comes to culture and it comes to perception, even as Christians, we don't always understand. We look at it through our lenses. There's Bill. I grew up in a suburb of Cleveland called Parma. Uh, Any black the, people in Parma? There was not one. Not one black person, not Bill? Not one. Come not on, Bill, one. you got to have one, a nope. token black person, a token. And there's Odell. I grew up in Charleston, South Carolina, public housing, single mom, divorced single mom with four kids, and I came up through segregation and all that kind of stuff. If a black person drove through the town, the police would stop and escort them out. Bill and Odell are finding common ground. A part of what we have to do is listen to each other, find the common ground, and question, not questioning you like you're on a witness stand, but questioning you for a better understanding. Father God, just thank you for all your grace and mercy. Thank you for the friendship. Thank you for just everything that you've done as we went through the holiday season with Thanksgiving and as we approach Christmas, just thank you, God, for just slowing us down just enough so that we can understand what it's all about. God, we thank you for our friendship. We thank you for the podcast. We thank you for all the people who we're touching and those who write us, email us and say, hey, you know, what you said meant a lot. So we thank you for putting the words in our mouths. In Jesus' name, we pray and believe. Amen. Amen. Uh, dear and loving Father, just uh, thank you for bringing Odell and Bev into Dorian Art's life. Uh, thank you, Heavenly Father, for uh, the blessings you've given us to uh, go out into the countryside and sit in deer stands and see your beauty as the sun comes up and the sun goes down. Uh, Lord, it's uh, magnificent when you sit uh, see the glory of your stars at night when there's no light around and you can see how brilliant they are and billions and billions of stars. Uh, Lord, it's, uh, it's, it's, it's mind-boggling to me how big you made the universe. And it's mind-boggling to me how someone can't believe in you. Amen. Amen. So, Bill, the title of this podcast is Odell's Buck. As some of our loyal listeners know from years ago, we went up to Laurel Springs. That's between Sparta, over there, Sparta, North Carolina, in the mountains. And Odell had this opportunity of a lifetime. A trophy buck came up and sat there and posed and side, turned broadside. And I had already thought about Facebook picture and, you know, maybe even present that buck to a calendar or something, a hunting magazine. The buck was just so pretty, so many points. I don't even know how many pointers that Odell shot. Boom! And the buck just walked away, Bill, just walked away. And we spent, 
the rest of the day tracing that buck up and down the mountains, up and down the hills. In those days, Odell was 60 pounds heavier. So Odell almost got stuffed by trying to get <laughs> go in and out of those places. And we would see a drop of blood here and a drop of blood there. So now we want to let the listening audience know that we went hunting a week or so ago. And here again, another buck. And the buck showed up. We had Bill sitting in the stands. We went early that morning. It was freezing. Uh, so we left a little early. We went back that evening, me and Bill in the stands. And all of a sudden, all of a sudden on the way going back up to the stands, we saw a doe. And then we saw a monster buck uh, chasing the doe. And we like, wow, we spooked the buck and the doe. So we went back in the stands. And three hours later, and now I'll let Bill tell the rest of the story. Because it's yeah. a funny one, guys. It's a funny one. Yeah, it was It was a fun hunt, you know, uh, uh you know, I remember when we were chasing the deer that you shot and wounded, we never found it. And uh, I remember going up and down those hills and uh, I was in the bottom of one of them. Uh, John Wilson was out stalking. He was, he saw the deer. I didn't see it. And you're at the top of the hill, not coming down. And I'm thinking, why in the world am I chasing his buck when he's standing up on top of the hill? He needs to come down here and chase his own buck. And then I realized now that you said it, you were 60 pounds heavier than you are now. And that isn't healthy. You, I, I would have had to maybe carry you out of that place. Listen, that was one of those days when you come to the realizations like, man, this is not good. This is not good. You know, it's not good at all. Especially it's, it rained that morning and anyone who's been out oh, slippery. in the woods and the leaves and the wet and the mud. Oh, my God. It was a whole affair, Bill. But yeah. back to the story about the buck, because it's about the buck. And we laughed about this story because I think it's what, two or three years in between yep. the time I missed that buck and the one that we got the other day. Well, you know, it was interesting. I think you shot the buck probably around 5.05 in the afternoon. Uh, and the reason why I'm so precise is I had a Zoom call with the Boy Scouts at five o'clock. And so at about 4.30, we hadn't seen anything. And it got dark about, I don't know, about 5.30 up there in the top of the mountain. So it was getting darker and I was getting a little antsy saying, Hey, we need to get the UTV and go down the mountain. So, you know, I was about ready to tell you, Hey, let's, let's call this now folks. Let me give you a setting. Uh, we're it's a two man deer stand. It's all covered up. There's little shooting windows. We're sitting in nice, comfortable chairs and, uh, and, uh, we each have our own gun. And, uh, so we we're sitting there and, uh, uh, Odell saw the first doe come up and he bumped me and I look over and I'm looking at the doe and getting the binoculars out and Odell bumps me again and points and there's the big buck. He had just come up out of the, uh, the side of the hill there and was standing in the field broadside, beautiful opportunity, maybe 75 yards away. Yeah. And, uh, I said, uh, I said, shoot him, shoot him. And you go, no, you shoot him. And I go, no, you shoot him. And he goes, no, you shoot him. <laughs> I said, I'm not shooting him. You shoot him. So Odell takes his gun, holds it up to his shoulder and uh, pulls the trigger. Click, nothing. I'm like, holy cow, what's going on with the gun? And it was my gun. So I, I, I'm thinking, what the heck? And uh, so he does it again and click. And I'm thinking, holy cow, something's wrong with this gun. So I hand him my gun and he goes, no, no, you shoot it. No, I said, you shoot it. He goes, no, you shoot it. And I said, no, you shoot it. Here's the gun. He finally takes my gun and he, he holds it up. He doesn't put it on the rail. 
and he's got the deer shakes and he shoots the, my gun and it goes over the top of the door, this deer, probably 25 feet. <laughs> it wasn't even close. And the doggone deer didn't move. And, uh, the, the doe jumped to the other side of the field, but she stayed in the field and that, that big buck did not move. And obviously he didn't know where the, where, where you were at. And, uh, so he, Odell puts another bullet in the chamber and he gets ready to shoot and he's still holding it up. I said, put it on the rail, put it on the rail. I finally take the barrel of the gun and put it on the rail and he puts it on the rail and he shoots and boom, he hits it and it jumps and it runs. And I think, Oh no, he's wounded another one. And uh, <laughs> I, think I missed another Odell one. strikes again. Huh? Oh my gosh. And I didn't have a gun to shoot at it. So, uh, you know, I had the gun that wasn't working. So then, you know, this, this, this buck jumps up and runs down the trail and I'm thinking, okay, we're going to, it's getting dark. It's going to be crazy. And, uh, in the meantime, John Wilson's down the mountain. He heard two shots and he's thinking, uh Oh, something's going on. <clears throat> so then Odell takes the gun and he points it toward the doe and he shoots the doe and he knocks the doe down. He shoots it again. And, uh, he shot four rounds. And then, so I figured, he, he said, I'm going to get down and go get that buck because he, he killed the doe. So he's getting down the ladder. And I said, well, I'm going to try this gun and see what's wrong with it. And I realized he didn't put a bullet in the chamber. <laughs> I, 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 hey, don't, <laughs> until someone's been hunting and get the buck fever and understand, Bill, it's no, I would have bet my life that it was a, a gun and a bullet in there. But I know what we probably did. We probably aired on the side of safety and said, hey, we're not going to, you know, load the gun until we get in the tree stand. And once he got in the deer stand, uh, never, just never, never did. And it was interesting. I took that first shot at that buck. And I, I'll go back. When when the doe popped up in the field, Bill said, don't shoot, don't shoot, don't shoot the, the doe because the buck could be coming. So I was just sitting there and I was aiming kind of putting my sight on the doe just to kind of get ready and then all of a sudden the doe popped up just looking like a big old giant monster of a doe and no, I the, tapped the buck said, the buck yeah the buck the buck yeah. and i tapped bill and said here he is here's he this and i turned and tried to hold the gun and anyone who's hunted hold the gun in my hand and the, the, just the buck fever i mean the adrenaline and for those who don't know buck fever is a, a adrenaline and the adrenaline just took over my body. And I'm afraid that all of a sudden the deer is going to run. And so, you know, you try to get what seems to be a good shot. And I just, boom. And you're right, Bill. I probably missed that thing so bad. And I still don't know how I did it. But at the same time, the buck kind of looked. And I thought he was going to move. But his doe was on the other side of the field. So the doe kind of ran and stopped. The doe wasn't going to leave him. I think they were mating. And the buck wasn't going to leave his doe. So the buck kind of moved a little bit, took a few steps and stopped and turned. And that's when I, you know, put another round in and was trying to do it. And you grabbed the gun and lowered it down and said, no, put it on the stand. You got too much of the shake. So when I put it there, it got settled. I got settled. And I just want to thank you because that's when I was telling you, Bill, you shoot. I don't miss you shoot it. And you're like, no, you shoot it. And we were arguing in the stand on who's going to shoot, who's going to shoot. And we I appreciate that. And then that's when I hit him. He ran about 30, 40 yards and boom, because I knew I hit him because I hit him. And could, his body kind of retracted a little bit. 
and he ran, but he was running like he was limping, leaning to the side. So, man, that was just something. That was something. And now, finally, I can lift my head up high and say that I'm no longer a victim of the Odell Buck curse up there, the same place, the same stand, the same, not the same shot. This was a little further, but it was just interesting. It was just worth every minute of freezing, being out there and to do it with my best friend, Bill. It was just an honor. And Bill, thank you for allowing me to redeem myself. Thank you. Why <laughs> no did you problem. do that? Though? Well, it was your, it was your buck. I, I, uh, I, you know, that's, that's the biggest buck you've ever gotten, isn't it? Yes, it's an eight I've, already, I've had an eight point before, eight pointer, but this was a big body eight pointer. Yeah, and big, it yeah. just looked like you know the Jolly Green Giant sitting there, and I'm going buck fever. It's just wow, wow. So here we are at top of a mountain. We got two dead deer. It's getting dark, and I'm looking at Odell, and I said, "There's no way we can pick the buck up and put it in the back of the UTV." I mean, the thing probably weighed 175 pounds, dead weight. And, uh, and John Wilson heard the shooting and he thought there was a war going on. There were so many shots and, uh, he comes up there. He says, first thing he did, as soon as he started hearing all the shooting, he put his orange blaze vest on <laughs> and he yeah. come up, he come up the mountain in his electric mountain bike. Yeah. And he comes up and he goes, Holy cow, you guys got two, got a big buck and a doe. Uh, and I said to him, I said, what are we going to, how are we going to get these down the mountain? He says, the tractor. The tractor. And so he went down the mountain. Tell him the story about the tractor. Yeah, he went down the mountain and got this tractor. I don't know the exact size of the tractor, but it had a big bucket on it. And he came back up the mountain and we loaded the deer and the doe and the big old buck in the mount in the bucket. And he drove it back down the tractor and we were in the UTV and went right behind him. It was just it's amazing. It's just amazing. And just the whole idea. And I did take a picture and put it on Facebook. So, you know, I got that out of the way, but it was just <laughs> amazing. And now we took it later on. We was like, okay, it's late. We're leaving to go home. What's, what are we going to do? Skin these deers. So we were sitting there and it was a local place uh, in um, Laurel Hills or Sparta in Sparta that skinned deers and did prep the meat, you know, meat factory. So we decided that we were going to go there. Now imagine this audience. Here it is. One black person in probably the whole town. Late at night, it's dark, and we pull up to this meat packing plant. Do you all remember fried green tomatoes? And when they said it's hog killing time, what they did with the guy? So we walked in there, and as soon as we got there, the state people was there doing inspections on deer, making sure that the deer didn't have any disease, anything like that. So Bill and them get out of the truck first and go check everything out. Then I get out of the truck and I'm I see everybody out there laughing while I'm in the in the truck. So it came to me that beer Bill is probably out there telling everybody, all the white guys out there with uh guns and everything. And I had a weapon too, but you know, this wasn't the time for Armageddon. So Bill was telling everybody on Odell shooting at the deer with no, I'm sure that Bill, what would you tell them? Everybody was laughing before I got out of the truck. Well, the uh I told him that uh, he, he tried to shoot it with no bullets. He didn't have any bullets in his gun. And they started laughing. And uh, and that's not true. He did have a bullet. He just didn't have it chambered. And you're right. Yeah, he did have it chambered. But you know, the good thing about it, people always ask me, um, and this is what Common Ground is all about. They say, oh, how do you go in the woods 
with a bunch of white guys and, you know, guns and you're the only black guy, probably in the whole county in those mountains, man, something could happen to you and they'll never find you, find you. And they're right. I'm not naive from that fact. But Bill, everybody was just so nice, always was nice. Uh, and, you know, we went inside once they, you know, weighed the deer and got all, all my information, uh, my hunting tags and all that. And we went inside. And it was a lot of 17, 18, 19 year old white guys in there. And these are the guys, young guys, that they use the skin and gut the deer and then to the processing guy. And we hear about AK-47s and all this kind of stuff. And that happens. But we have to be careful about bias, prejudice, and stereotypes because the only thing those young guys had in their hands, Bill, was pizza. That's they right. were sitting there on a break eating pizza. Some of them probably even had blood on their hands eating <laughs> pizza between skin and the deer. So it just teaches all of us. All of us need to just take a pause, a deep breath. And yes, we do have issues in this country, but the Second Amendment is not an issue bill. We have to work through certain things. And again, I never felt threatened the whole time. The only black guy in that town, probably at that time, in there around everybody with weapons and deers and fried green tomatoes, hog killing time. And we're in there laughing and having a good time. How did you feel about it, Bill? No, I was very comfortable. I was very comfortable. It was interesting. When we pulled up, there were a bunch of pickup trucks with deer waiting to be processed. But the game warden was there. There are two or three yeah. game wardens, and they were checking the deer, uh, checking your license, checking your deer tags. Uh, and then also they were checking for uh, a disease that the deer now have. I forgot what it's called, <clears throat> but it kills the deer. And it, it started up, I think, uh, in Canada or up, up north, and it's working its way down, and it's, it kills a lot of deer. It's a, it's a disease of virus that they get. You know, it's something, Bill, though. One of the funny things, one of the guys pulled up in this big old nice white pickup truck. And I don't think he knew the state people was there. And he showed up and he had his deer and they started asking him questions about his hunting license. And he said, I left my license at home and he didn't have anything. And the guy's like, OK, um, go back and get it. And they let him go back and get it. And I thought to myself, I wonder if I took my black behind in there with no license and dead deers and all this kind of stuff. How would it went? But that's the only thought I had. And it's like, no, nah, I don't have a license. You talk to the state people, but that's a whole nother deal, Bill. Yeah, you had your license. And, uh, you know, I got to tell you something. I, I When I got, when we, got, we came down there and uh, they asked for his license, I suddenly realized I didn't have my hunting license. Well, but they didn't ask for yours, Bill. No. They asked for mine. Odell's the one who killed the deer. Yeah. You know, it's interesting I just had a ball and we went up down that mountain that night and just laughing. And, you know, the whole time we were there, we were able to sit around the camp, not the campfire, but a big old fireplace in John's family's cabin. And the whole idea of going out to the woodshed, getting wood and, and eating together and fellowshipping together and talking together and the dog coming over, sitting on my lap and feeling the heat and just having good quality fellowship, Bill, just good quality fellowship. And that means so much the people who are always running around in a busy world. Yeah, it does. It does. And John's a great host. And, you know, that house doesn't have central air, air, air conditioning or heat. It's the fireplace and space heaters. And it's, it was built in 1805. So it's, it's an old, old house. They've added on to it, but it's, it's like a big old bunkhouse with a kitchen and a dining room and a big main room, but it's a beautiful place to hang out. It was really cold, really cold. We were going to sit outside 
and maybe uh, smoke. I was going to smoke a cigar and have a bourbon, but it was way too cold to do that. You know, last time I went up there, you couldn't make it. And it was just John and I, we sat on the back porch and we had a cigar and uh, had some bourbon and it was nighttime and we're looking at the stars. You can see a lot of stars in his house because there's not much light. Uh, and, there, and he says, oh, there's a satellite. And you can see a satellite going by. Wow. Yeah. Wow. Pretty cool. So, so, you know, the thing about it is that um, my wife asked the question, why do you enjoy doing that? And there's something I've been hunting ever since I was a boy with a 410 shotgun or back to a Daisy BB gun or a pump BB gun is not. It's just something about hunting, something being about Mother Nature. I just love it. I enjoy it. So I heard that you just came from another hunting trip, Bill. Can you tell me a little bit about that one? Yeah, there's a group of about uh, seven or eight guys. Been doing it probably about 10 years, or maybe more than that. <clears throat> we go up to Madison, North Carolina, to my buddy Greg Smith's hunt camp. And uh, we get there Sunday, and I left this morning after cleaning up. And uh, he has 800 acres, I think, that we can hunt on. Number of deer stands, a lot of deer. Uh, and uh, so we, we hunt in the morning and hunt in the evening. And uh, I, I've probably been going there. I don't think, well, I've never, I've never killed a deer there. And I don't even know if I've ever shot my gun. I might've, <clears throat> but what I enjoy is getting up in the morning. I know it's cold and everything and walking into the deer stand, getting yourself set up and having my thermos of coffee, nice and warm, all bundled up and watching the sun come up. And everything come alive. The birds come out. The squirrels come out. Uh, and by the way, I, I saw a white squirrel with a brown oh, tail. Okay. So I saw one, and then Greg saw one another deer stand. But, uh, um, you know, just to see that. And then the deer come out. You know, I saw a bunch of deer about 140 yards away. And a uh, big buck, an eight-pointer, but small body, not as big as yours. And uh, probably had four, four or five doe with him. And then I saw him twice, saw them twice. Uh, but I saw deer every time I went out, but I never pulled the trigger. I think out of the whole week, we we only killed two deer, even though we probably could have killed more, uh, primarily because uh, we kill it to eat for the meat. And uh, if you don't need the meat, then you shouldn't kill it. And uh, so we they killed two does because they needed some meat. And uh, it was a great time, great time. Uh, we take turns cooking. Uh, I made short ribs one night and another guy made uh, shrimp and grits. Uh, another guy made steak. Uh, another fellow made venison. Uh, so each, each night we have a little something different and it's got a big old fireplace. So it's nice. It's just nice to hang out and fellowship. And there's only one thing that happened. Normally I get a room Who's by that? myself. Well, I get a room by myself. There's two beds in it, but you get a room and most people get, but they had a bunch of extra people show up. So the guy that normally sleeps in the room next to me uh, came in my room and said, I'm going to have to sleep with you. I hope you, you've got earplugs. And, uh, you know, that didn't register with what he was talking about. Earplugs for what? Well, this guy snored like a bear. I ended up getting up about two o'clock in the morning. I couldn't take it anymore. Earplugs would not have helped. <laughs> mm -hmm. So I go into the living room and I sleep on this little couch and I'm laying there and I get bit by a wasp in the middle of the night. Oh man. So I get up and move to another couch and, you know, I'm sleep. I, I didn't sleep at all that night. I, he had a grandfather clock that went off every hour and a half hours. So 
I was paying attention. Five o'clock, one of the guys gets up, makes coffee. So I get up and go out hunting. And uh, this is the first time that I've never fallen asleep in a deer stand. Normally I fall asleep in the deer stands, uh, but this time I didn't. Uh, so I don't know what that means, but uh, it was a fun time. It's good to be back home. And uh, tonight I get to sleep in my own bed. So well, Bill, one of the things that you all do at that hunt camp too for the audience is that you all only take deer who are at least 10 pointers. You don't take eight pointers, no matter how large they are, anything like this. And my big argument is I, I know the count the points on a big rack to sit there. And I know I get buck fever and the shakes and all that, but how do you sit there and count the points before you decide if you're going to shoot this deer or not? That, that's a great question. It's hard to do uh, with binoculars and stuff. So uh, he's kind of changed his rules a little. That used to be the rule. Now the rule is you can shoot any buck you want, but you're going to have to pay to mount it. Mm. So if you shoot an eight pointer, you can get it mounted. If you shoot a two pointer, you got to get it mounted. And, wow. it, and if you don't, then you're not getting invited back next year. Gotcha. Gotcha. Well, Hey, listen, I know you have a big night tonight. I'm a, you're going to start trying to close you have a big night tonight. You go to a couple swanky, swanky parties, and I was going to be joining you, but I'm going to have to uh, do something different and go over to the Swarms game and meet uh, the president of Swarm, his guests, and audience. The Swarm is the G League basketball team in Greensboro that is um, affiliated with the Charlotte Hornets. So it's called the Greensboro Swarm, kind of like that beat that stung Bill. Yes. Up there. So like that, if Bill has a couple swanky, swanky, swankies, highfalutin parties to attend tonight, one of the most prominent party in uh, Greensboro and Bill and myself and my wife, Bev and Dory, we all were going to ride together and go to uh, a lot of these different parties until I had to change my plans. So, Bill, where are you going tonight, my friend? Well, we're going first. We go at six o'clock to seven. We go to uh, a nonprofit Christmas party called uh, bikes for kids and i'm looking forward i haven't been to that before so that's going to be fun and then from 7 30 i think it is to 9 30 or 9 we go to roy carroll and vanessa carroll's christmas party at the tanger center they run out the, the tanger center and they put on just put on the dog it's it's a nice party but more importantly we get to see a lot of our friends get a yes, yes. it's just there's so many people that you and i know that are there and we get to get to talk to him and but i had a surprise happen while i was uh coming back here um to do the podcast my cousin philip who's been on the podcast remember he was the f-18 fighter yeah. pilot? well he's yes. now he's now american airlines pilot and okay. uh, and he flew into greensboro he's got it he's got a layover in greensboro so he's going to be downtown right across from the tanger center at the marriott so i'm going to meet him dory and i and our daughter lisa k are going to meet him at 5 30 and uh, he's going to get his dinner. We'll just keep him company for a little bit. And then we'll head, uh, we're going to head to the parties. And so, uh, right, well, yeah. Hey, you go ahead and run, my friend. Listen again, thank you for allowing me the opportunity to calm me down. So now Odell's buck has been processed. The people have called and said the meat is ready. I've talked to John. He said he's going to get it. And we're going to have some sweet meat and some tenderloins. Soon. Oh, yeah. Oh, that'd be great. Hey, the uh, so what's your next uh, hunting adventure now that you've uh, gotten your buck? I think we need to go hunting again, Bill, or go out um, rabbit hunting or something like that. 
rabbit hunting. I like rabbit hunting. We'll see if we can do a rabbit hunt. Okay, buddy. There you go. If any of our listening audience who lives close by, who have some rabbits, they didn't need me and Bill to come, you know how to contact us, and we will be there. That's right, Mr. Buckmaster. Thank you, Bill. Okay. Be blessed. Thank you, guys. Love you, man. Bye-bye. Love you, too. Bye-bye. Find Bill and Odell online at thecommonground.show. This podcast is brought to you by Yes Weekly, the triad's largest circulating and best-read weekly magazine. You can also find us online at yesweekly.com and on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. Yes Weekly, your trusted news leader for local arts, entertainment, music, food, and more for nearly 18 years. Whether you're a big, medium, or small business, managing and growing the bottom line is important. Focus CFO brings the experience and financial acumen of a Fortune 100 Chief Financial Officer to your company at a fraction of the cost. PL help, internal reporting processes, or any business transitions or events, Focus CFO will help you and your team have a CFO in your company's back pocket. Focus CFO. Learn more at focuscfo.com.